1: It's Ty Power's Bigfooty final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power
2: to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Bigfooty final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.
1: Don't wait. City Motors Hyundai has the perfect SUV in stock and ready for you. Welcome to Saturday's in the Gong on SEN Track. 30 degrees,
0: sunny, another glorious day in Wollongong. Oh, how we wish. Instead, it is wet, it is cold, it is windy, but there are still some hardy souls heading out to play golf. We are broadcasting from the Wollongong Golf Club, the 19th to be precise, right beside the practice greens. As you heard, this is Saturday's In the Gong We hope you're listening through 1575 Illawarra or the SEN app. Great to have you with us again for a show that celebrates sport but celebrates all parts of life in this great region that is the Illawarra centering on Wollongong. I'm Matt Russell. Good morning, everybody. Not joined by Matt Campbell this morning. He'll be along a little later. But firstly, it's a very good morning to Illawarra Mercury Sports Editor, Tim Barrow. How are you, mate? Good morning, Matt, and good morning, Illawarra. Yeah, I never thought I'd see
3: myself suiting up coming off the bench to uh, replace Matt Campbell, but here we are.
0: How's your three-point
3: shot? I used to, as a kid, get around doing the old Shane Hill, you know, up over the head shot. Yeah. It was a pretty ugly look, but... That was about as far
0: as my basketball career got. Heal and Campbell went at it often. So I don't know so, whether, Maddie will be too happy to know that you were modelling your game on Shane Hill. Just speaking to some of the golfers, they said that you can tell the blokes who don't want to go home to their wives they're out playing still because terrible conditions. But it's good to see some people still using this magnificent course. Oh, braver men than me on the tee out there today. My <laughs> uh, My slice would certainly be playing up. Now, over the next couple of hours, we'll check in with Matt Campbell, who's in Canberra. He'll give us a a weather report from the capital. Very cold, I imagine. Also, we'll set the scene for tonight's Blitz game, NBL Blitz game at Wynn Stadium, the Sand Pit. It is Hawks and Kings going out at the rivalry, the pre-season rivalry to bubble over and some very special guests not far away on that front. We're going to check in with jockey Brock Ryan who collected the million-dollar tab gong last week as the local rider in the race. It was a fantastic performance and we thought we'd have to follow up with him after his prediction last week turned out to be spot on. Uh, John Doherty, who hopes to be Lord Mayor in no time at all, the first man to lead the Inawara Steelers onto a Premiership Oval back in 1982 will join us. Luke Wilkshire has plenty of football to talk about. There's all the regular segments. Matt's mock, Matt's miscellaneous matter. We'll speak with uh, members of the Illawarra Real Estate Fraternity and a whole lot more. But firstly, just a little bit of news from overnight. Western United 1-0 over Perth in the A-League in the cricket. New Zealand, none for 129 in response to India's first innings total of 345 in their first test. And in the basketball, the NBL blitz overnight. Tasmania over Cairns, 83-68. Josh jet 26 points, 6 assists. And Adelaide, too good for Perth, 97-93. It continues tonight in Wollongong where the Hawks host the Sydney Kings. And I thought our first guest for the first half hour should be a man who represents this game perfectly, having been an Illawarra basketball product, climbing all the way to the Boomers. Now he plays for the Sydney Kings. That's just a part of the story because he's overcome some injury setbacks. It's a great story of persistence, perseverance professionalism angus glover welcome to saturdays in the gong thanks for having me guys really
4: appreciate it most importantly given we are broadcasting from Wollongong golf club how's your swing do you play yeah i do play a fair bit um haven't played this uh past lockdown um just uh because obviously i i moved uh places up in sydney um so i kept the uh golf clubs down here with mum and dad but um yeah dad's been swinging a lot more than i have so um i'll definitely have to pick the clubs back up are you the best golfer in the kings setup oh i mean we've got some guys that love going for a hit so i don't know but um i would have to put i mean chase definitely our head coach um is definitely uh the best golfer I'd, i'd say um and then by players, I mean, it just drops off a lot after that. Everyone, everyone's basically pretty, pretty bad, I think.
0: And the other hard-hitting question of the morning, given we broadcast here,
4: Wollongong Golf Club, outside
0: the 19th, we get here at 7.30am to, to set up, and they're often members of the playing fraternity, but also just Illawarra locals having a schooner or three at 7.30am. Do you partake in seven thirty schooners, Angus Glover?
4: Most definitely not. <laughs>
0: it's a
3: <laughs> long
4: day. I'm normally a coffee guy. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's a very long day when uh, when you're charging off that early. What about tonight, though? Obviously, um, you know, up with the king's setup, but coming back down here to play is a. I know it's only pre-season, but is there a bit of extra feel in it when when you get the opportunity to, to play the Hawks and and come back home?
4: Yeah, there's always a bit of extra feel. I think that rivalry has been pretty well documented over the years and. Um, obviously, with uh, Xavier Cooks and myself uh, being local juniors here and going up the road to to play for Sydney, um, I think it's going to be uh, it's, it's, it is a pre season game at the end of the day, but there's always going to be a bit more um, in it, uh, I think, because the rivalry, um, whether it's pre season, the final series, or a regular season game, is always going to be the exact same feel um, out there on the court. I remember uh, Kevin Lish famously saying, I'd boo me too when he uh, <laughs> moved from the Hawks to the Kings. What sort of uh, reception do you feel like you'll get tonight? I actually have no idea. Um, I've got a lot of friends and family in the crowd tonight, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping to, to be welcomed back, but, no, we'll see. I mean, um, my job at the end of the day is just to go out there and play the game of basketball. So uh, whether I'm booed, cheered, whatever it is, I'll take it on the chin and pl- go play. Taking a deep dive with Angus Glover, we have to
0: touch on your journey, and your journey has involved uh, significant knee injuries, three knee reconstructions, and then another another scare uh, about 10 months ago. I know that you don't want the knee injuries to define Angus Glover and Angus Glover's career, but to overcome those three injuries, then have this scare 10 months ago, it was a pretty
4: dark time for you at the moment, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty dark. Um, Obviously, it's pretty well documented what I've been through, but, um, yeah, I think... um, just being able to overcome that and be able to come back and um, play well and, um, yeah, it's... I mean, words can't really describe how, how excited I was to play in the Blitz and, and all that and be able to get back on court and, um, unfortunately, COVID um, took a took a toll. I was meant to play in the Waratah League um, for Southern Sharks. Um, literally, the weekend COVID started in New South Wales and we got put into lockdown. Um, so, I've been, I was meant to play four or five months ago and that's been pushed back to to last week so um yeah it was a lot of emotions last week and yeah now I can put that all back behind me
0: three knee recos into a small fracture of the knee that was the the fourth and most recent setback one element of the story i love is that what part of dad's achilles <laughs> or, or hamstring, hamstring hamstring has been put into your knee to, to help recovery can you tell us about that <laughs>
4: Yeah, so on my third reconstruction, um, I actually did the retool that um, knee um, during rehab of the second one. Um, So what happened was that one took a fair bit of time to actually work out what to do with the surgery and all that, because obviously I've used both my hamstrings. Um, The new surgeon I saw had a different um, screw, so some surgeons use a bigger screw, some surgeons use a smaller screw. Um, So we found out, basically, we had to go in and take everything out. and they call it, the surgeons call it toothpaste, but it's artificial bone, um, chuck that in those holes, let that heal for six months or so, um, get, in, get an x-ray to see if the bone's fully healed, and, and then, yeah, go in um, to have surgery with Dad, and Dad's had a 20-minute operation, and, and then, yeah, waking up with him in the recovery world was pretty funny, to be honest.
3: Da- dad gets an upgrade of the Christmas present this year surely.
4: <laughs> yeah well, he always does every year he holds that to me every year so um, but yeah that's no, um, obviously it's incredibly kind of him to do that I think any any father would um, do that to their kid if if um, the opportunity arose so um, yeah I don't think he's he's going to be running any, anytime soon though he still doesn't do his his uh, hamstring exercises he's meant to. (laughs) Well, I remember bumping into your mum and dad at your boomers debut. They were very proud and
0: excited parents. I think dad joked that, hey, I'm a boomer. My hamstring is playing for Australia. I'm a boomer now. Uh, So I thought that was a nice element to it. Let's leave your knee setbacks there because from here on, it's going to be plain sailing. No more injuries in the career of Angus Glover. And it could be a long career. At 23 years of age, you've got a long, long time ahead of you. The comeback game... Uh, during this NBL Blitz, 25 minutes against South East Melbourne and a very, very solid eight points, seven rebounds, couple of assists. I know the Kings were beaten, but personally, was that above what you hoped to do first game back?
4: Yeah, to be honest, I thought I was going to probably um, lay an egg, um, to be honest, and like that was a pretty nerve-wracking day for me because knowing I was getting the, the starting spot and that was my first game in, in 10, 10 months or so, it was, yeah, pretty... Pretty daunting, to be honest. That um, yeah, just to I mean to go out and play the way I played, and um, it is what it is. At the end of the day, it's um, I got to put all those injuries behind me, and obviously I did that pretty well. And um, yeah, just want to keep playing more and more now.
0: Well, you have been. You've been playing as I mentioned about 25 minutes in these pre-season blitz games to set up Tim's question to you I'll just go on with what Angus has done over the next couple of blitz games so against Melbourne 18 points on six of 10 shooting seven rebounds and an assist Uh, then on to New Zealand again six of 10 from the field 15 points a couple of rebounds we'll ignore the foul out that happened late but, (laughs) but rock solid numbers big playing minutes Tim back bigger and better than ever the bloke sitting between us
3: yeah absolutely and it's great to see as you said going through the covid period and your previous setbacks it must be a real fresh start for you and i guess you've seen the success the boomers had had at the olympics and you know you'd love to be part of that that setup at some stage going forward again
4: yeah for sure i think having a taste of that at the asia cup qualifiers um not many years ago two years ago now right um yeah so um having that little taste of experience there and and uh, playing at a junior level uh, for Australia is just... I mean, everyone dreams of doing that, but to be able to do that at an Olympic Games or a World Championships um, for the Boomers would be unbelievable. So, um, yeah, just got to keep putting in the work and hopefully one day um, I'll be able to get there.
0: The opposition coach tonight just happens to be in charge of the Boomers. Has he given you any direction? I know there might be private conversations, but has he told you what he wants you to see from you in the next few months to come into calculations for the next Boomers qualification games?
4: Um, not really. Um, we did have a chat in Melbourne um, just based on how good it was to see me on the court, basically. And, and I'm just asking how, how I'm feeling and stuff like that. So um, other than that, just, um, yeah, it hasn't spoken to me about that stuff yet. But I'm sure um, that might come later down the line. But at the end of the day, my f- sole focus is trying to win a championship for the Sydney Kings. So um, success comes from, from team success and stuff like that. But my, my main priority right now is to obviously win, win a championship with the Kings.
3: And your partner Kira's at the the Flames.
4: Yeah, yeah. So um, she this is her second year with uh, the Flames, and and uh, we've been together for five years now. But um, we've had a lot of long distance during that time, so it's been a bit um, a bit hard. But um, yeah, it's nice to finally put that behind us and live together. And um, yeah, I mean, even last year playing in Sydney, she was only with me for six month, six uh, weeks because of um, they went to the uh, the hub up in North Queensland. So. Yep. Um, yeah, it's just nice to nice to know that I can come home and, and uh, get to spend some time with um, Kira. We've
0: got a break just around the corner, but Angus, you're going to stay with us because we want to go wider than just your story. Let's talk more about the Sydney Kings. I love the slogan, one club, two teams, as is the case with you and Kira, two teams, but performing with the one club, plus we'll get your thoughts on the league as a whole. Sydney's first game against Melbourne, the Hawks, and a whole lot more, because as we mentioned tonight, it's the Kings and the Hawks here in Wollongong at the Sandpit, a break, then we're back with more with Angus Glover.
1: Don't wait. City Motors Hyundai has the perfect SUV in stock and ready for you. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track.
0: Yes, Saturdays in the Gong on a wet, windy and cold Saturday. You're listening through 1575 Illawarra or through the SEN app. Great to have you with us. We are here thanks to Hyundai. Hyundai's largest and most spacious SUV has arrived. Test drive, the Palisade at City Motors Hyundai, Flinders Street, Wollongong. Matt Russell, alongside Tim Burrow, joined by Sydney King Angus Glover, a former Illawarra Hawk. He's a Wollongong boy through and through, but representing The Sydney Siders tonight when the Kings do battle with the Hawks as the pre-season NBL Blitz continues. Angus, you were saying you never drink coffee on game day. I know athletes that pile in the coffee on game day. Why is that? Why do you go the other way?
4: Um, I don't know why. It's a bit of a weird superstition. But, um, yeah, I'll take some caffeine before the game. But, yeah, during the day I'll try not to touch coffee and... um Yeah, I like to have a little afternoon nap, so... Okay. Otherwise, I won't be able to nap, so...
0: You know, we're talking to you right through until tip-off, so there'll be no naps today. That's okay. (laughs) I'm sure there's some high-performance people at the King saying, good not drinking coffee on game day dehydrates you. So I'm sure that ticks a box somewhere. Now, apart from basketball, uh, you've been a talented sportsman across numerous codes. What are some of the other endeavours that could have taken Angus Glover's talent if basketball hadn't?
4: Um, I played AFL growing up as a kid. um, Actually, almost during my two-year layoff with, the, with um, the third reconstruction, actually almost chose AFL halfway through. That might have only lasted a couple of days, but, um, yeah, almost chose AFL um, after that and played cricket growing up um, for a fair bit and then a uh, little athletics as well. Come on, don't be modest. Little athletics, you were saying that you were the fourth-ranked 10-year-old
0: <laughs> in Australia when it came to the 100 metres. That's pretty cool.
4: Yeah, yeah no, I, was, uh, I took my athletics pretty seriously back then, but... Um, Who was ahead of
0: you,
4: do you know? I can't remember now, but um, yeah, it was was pretty fun, to be honest. Where did you line up on an an AFL field if you were going to pursue it? Um, I like playing... Well, I did play uh, centre-half forward growing up as a kid, so um, yeah, that's probably where I would want to play if I was playing right now, to be honest, because you get to kick goals, you get to... The best thing about that, to me, is you get to kick goals. You get to run up and down the field a lot more and um, get involved. And um, yeah, I was a bit of like a, I was a bit of like a guy that would try and get behind the ball, even though I was playing centre half forward and try and push the ball forward as well because I had obviously some pace with me.
0: Yeah, sprint training. I'm sure people can relate to that who know you and know basketball when they see you get downhill on the basketball court and the athleticism. Uh, that might partly come from the the sprint training background. Just over updating the overnight blitz scores. Tasmania 83 over Cairns 68. So a tough pre-season for the Taipans continues. Good to see the Jack Jumpers get another victory in Adelaide unbeaten still, 97-93. I don't know how much we read into the blitz when it comes to predicting the season as a whole, but what have you taken out of the Kings pre-season
4: so far? Uh, I think it's been really positive for us. Um, Obviously we've got some injuries, but um, I think um, that being our first game, like everyone else, uh, I think we've uh, built a foundation that we can really move forward with throughout the year and, and continue to um, just improve. And obviously we've got one more tonight and then ready to go next week against Melbourne United.
3: Now, we obviously don't want to blow the scouting report for tonight or going into the, the season against <laughs> the Hawks, but obviously they've invested quite a bit in, in the last year or two. What what do you make of their, their roster?
4: Yeah, I mean, they've got incredibly... Um, incredibly good roster um, obviously and then you've, um, you've got three good imports and then you've got a, a boomer in uh, Duat Reith and then obviously Sam Froling coming off a most improved year um, so I think obviously they're very talented and I think they've actually gotten deeper than um, than, what, than what they were last year um, so obviously we're going to have a hands full but I think uh, it's going to be a very very good game and a very close game tonight but um, yeah at the same time I think we've just got to worry about ourselves and continue to build on what we want to build on and ready to go for next week
0: what about the coach? I'll ask you about a few King's players moving forward, but the coach uh, is new, Chase Buford. Um, what can you tell us about Chase:
4: Oh Chase is awesome, um, definitely a player's coach. Um, what does that mean what's
0: a player's coach?
4: Oh, I can give you an example like for example, like just wants to hang out with his players all the time and, and really listens to them and wants to get to know the players on a personal level um, and then uh, yeah loves like I've never had a coach that wants to play video games with his players so um, <laughs> Yeah, that's really cool and wants to really hang out and get to know what we're about. and um, Obviously, I think that definitely helps on the court as well. Um, So that's uh, very important. And, yeah, it's been really, really fun working with Chase so far.
3: And we talked about your on-field, you know, on-court and your other sporting abilities. How how is your video game capabilities?
4: (laughs) Um, Yeah, not too bad. Not the best, but not too bad. I wouldn't say I'm the worst in the team, but I'm definitely not the best in the team. Um, But, yeah, no, it's... um, Yeah, it's... Can't really, I don't want to say. I'm sure plenty of kids out there probably are thinking, "Oh, Fortnite and Warzone and all that kind of stuff." But now I'm a bit of a NBA kind of guy.
3: Try, trying out the moves with the.
4: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, now I'm a bit of a funny thing is like um, I don't play my my career at all. I play my team, so I like collecting cards and and all that. And um, yes, yeah, might be a bit weird, but that's just kind of what I like playing and um, getting to try and I like to try and be the best. Uh, have the best cards in the game which is obviously pretty hard but yeah I find it fun
0: I couldn't turn the machine on let alone play with my players or or younger (laughs) men in my group let alone chase it goes all right, does he with the gaming
4: yeah yeah pretty good Um, yeah he uh, plays with um, all of us and stuff like that and no he's actually really really good Um, I think um, obviously the stereotypical way is kids and younger adults are probably better at video games but he's actually pretty good so um, yeah
0: Great to be speaking with the Sydney Kings, Angus Glover, a Wollongong boy through and through, but playing with the Kings and engaged tonight, Sydney against Illawarra as the pre-season blitz continues here at the Sandpit in Wollongong. During the week, I was watching NBL overtime and when it came to nominating their possible season MVPs, a man who got a real good mention was Xavier Cooks. Of course, another Wollongong product, his dad, Eric, a long-time assistant at Illawarra. What sort of season do you predict from Xavier, Gus?
4: Uh, yeah, Zave's going to have an amazing year. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, personally, I think he could win MVP as well. But um, obviously, you look at our team, and we've got so many great players. Um, but yeah, Zay, I mean, look at how he's been performing so far in preseason, and how he's been going about it um, at training every day. Is yeah, it's amazing to watch. And um, I think a lot of people, um, obviously, everyone know, knows what X can do. But I think um, yeah, he's going to remind a lot of people exactly what he can do. He's um, in for a big, big year.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see tonight. Maybe another indication of what sort of uh, season he's going to de- deliver. Like you, on on the road back from from injury. So there's a real common theme between you and Xavier. Are you close? How how do you get on?
4: Yeah, pretty close. Uh, obviously, last year uh, the boys whilst they were in the uh, in the NBL Cup, sorry, um, we spent a fair few uh, car trips up to Sydney for for rehab and um, yeah, hung out a lot last year. Obviously, because we were both injured, uh, did a lot of our rehab work together and. And all that, and um, yeah, obviously I've known him since really under 12s, really. Um, because, uh, yeah, really, um, we never got to play with each other in, in representative basketball because he's three years older than me, because you play either with someone one year above or one year below or the same age. Um, and then, yeah, school basketball, got to, man- got to actually play with him um, just before he went to college at Winthrop. So um, that was a small little taste, and now yeah, everyone gets are. to see... Um, a whole season hopefully of X and I playing together.
0: Well the Blitz as I've mentioned continues tonight at the Sandpit in Wollongong the Kings first game of the Championship Sunday week it's December 5, 3pm Kudos Bank Arena, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people from Wollongong heading up to watch you to watch Xavier, to watch the Sydney Kings I reckon Julian O'Brien might be one of them and he'll be along later to talk to us when it comes to the season as a whole or the competition as a whole Melbourne the defending champions, Perth finalists for 35 straight years. The Illawarra Hawks, highly rated as well. Where, where do you see the Kings fitting in and, and what sides do you like on paper? Give us your thoughts. Or what can you say about the rest of the comp outside of Sydney?
4: Um, yeah, I think, um, like, like you said, Illawarra is obviously deep and they made the playoffs last year and have Gorge as head coach, so can't, can't count um, any team that has Gorge as head coach out at all. Um, and then you look at Perth, I mean... Uh, thirty five straight years, um, and they got bryce cotton, so um, they 're always going to be tough and um, yeah, their fans over there are really, really crazy, like nuts um, so uh yeah i 'll probably cop that from them now saying that, but it is what <laughs> it is um, and then uh yeah I mean melbourne you can 't count them out either i mean the defending champs, they want to win it again and and um, yeah, I think southeast have taken a bit of a jump as well i think i 've gotten a little bit um, a little bit deeper as well but um at the end of the day we just need to go out and i mean it's a really really tight league anyone can win on any mm-hmm. given night so um i think i said it to you to you team off off uh, off air is um everyone says oh it's a marathon not a sprint but in our league it is a sprint um you take one game off it can cost you a finals berth mm-hmm. and um yeah so i think uh, everyone's going to come out swinging next week in round one you said you
0: might have upset Perth fans, I guess, as you well know. You haven't made it in basketball. You haven't commentated basketball or participated in basketball until you've copped it from the Red Army, until the jungle is upset with you. You haven't made it, so don't worry about that. You'll do that often over the next 10 years in the NBL, I'm sure. Thanks for joining us this morning to set the scene for a game tonight that we're really looking forward to, Illawarra Hawks-Sydney Kings. Uh, good luck. Good luck for the season to come. And given we're sitting beside the Illawarra Mercury sports editor right here, Tim Barrow, if this man has 20 points tonight on, say, 8 of 12 shooting and delivers a jam over the top of one of the Hawks, will you put him on the back of the Illawarra paper on Monday morning? Oh, look, we still count him very much as one of our own.
3: As much as he's playing in purple up there, he's certainly still one of our favourites. And, uh, you know, we love his story and and the way he's uh, back to... Back to his best this season. So, you know, we look forward to seeing what you're, you're going to do on court this season. And, well, let's see what happens tonight. And I know it's pre-season, but there's always a bit of extra extra spice in a, a Hawks-Kings derby. Angus
0: Glover, enjoy tonight. Good luck with Sydney this season. And Wollongong will be very proud of you no matter what happens this season. Thanks for joining us on Saturdays in the Gong.
4: No, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it.
0: Stay with us. Time for the news. And then we're back with a successful young jockey, Brock Ryan. We are here thanks to Hyundai. Hyundai has the largest and most spacious SUV. Test drive the Palisade at City Motors, Hyundai, Flinders Street in Wollongong. It is a wet, windy and cold Wollongong. Like it was last week at Kembla Grange, Tim, when despite the weather there was a fantastic meeting for the third running of the million dollar Tab Gong. And I'm delighted to say that we had a man on last week a local jockey who was riding the local horse, the local favourite Count Darupi. When I sh- sat in my lounge room that afternoon and watched Count Darupi go round, I was delighted that what this man said would unfold unfolded exactly as he had illustrated. Brock Ryan, congratulations on last week. What's your week of celebrations been like after that? <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, nah,
5: just back to normal business this week. Back. To back to track work and back to the races, so there wasn't too many celebrations.
0: Well, you're very modest, Brock. I want you to have a listen to what you said last week and then what unfolded a few hours later
2: all right soldier of
0: love dawn
6: passage pulling out Captain rupees pulling out blue soldier in traffic as they flatten for the run home and Arcademus is several links clear from dawn passage giving chase at shades of last year Arcademus from dawn passage but Captain Ruby is descending on them quickly and Count Ruby takes the lead now in the gong of the 150 not just running home to second and then came yamazaki but it's Two lengths to nudge. Yamazaki third. Bertomek
0: fourth. A fantastic win, Brock. And that didn't have the clip of you telling us early in the day that you're going to cross from the wide barrier, sit about three deep, couple off the post, and then make your move top of the straight and go on to win. It was like we watched a prediction unfold, and my punters club was delighted with that. Uh, what's happened to you since then? What sort of feedback have you received about the ride and count the De- run?
5: As, as good out panned out, it, yeah, you couldn't have scripted any better from, from what I told you I was going to do that day. But yeah, when everything falls into place like that it can make you look like a genius but it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> um Yeah, look I just I got a lot of um a lot of good feedback from, you know, people that have supported me. A lot of good trainers and owners and um, you know, good judges that watch racing all the time and give me a lot of um a lot of good feedback and, and commended the way I rode the horse and yeah, it's been a really good result for me and for me and the team and the horse obviously. Uh, he's obviously shown how good he is and uh, yeah looking forward to him coming back in the autumn and see what he can
3: do then. Could you believe your luck there Brock? I mean you, you I watched the replay and for a moment you looked like you were going to settle a bit quieter and, and see what happened but obviously you saw your opportunity there and all of a sudden you're in the in the plumb position?
5: yeah i couldn't yeah i had to pinch myself when i when i did eventually get to that spot i had to pinch myself and, and um yeah it was crazy how it just opened up and, and that position was there but like you said if you do watch the replay i i nearly i nearly did come back a bit further than i than i wanted to but just just in that split second i could see something a gap opening up and um i just tried my luck and gave gives the horse a, a good dig and and uh, luckily enough, it opened up, and I
3: just just got in there. And tell me about in in the straight there. It just looked like you were itching to press the button and and let it, let him go, but you you seem to be patient and just wait for your moment. Obviously, after going so close in the Golden Eagle before it. Yeah, that's right. When we um,
5: straightened up, I, I knew I had a lap full of horse, and I knew I was probably going to be the winner. But um, yeah, I know how sharp a turn a sharp turn of foot the horse has, and. I thought I, I was a little bit critical on myself in the Golden Eagle and thought I did press the button a little bit too early. But um, and he's yeah, he, he's just so sharp when you let him go. But uh, yeah, I just had to sit and count to count to fifteen instead of ten this time, and then let him go. And um, yeah, he towered away from him. Good.
0: Brock, a big day for you last week. Multiple yeah. winners at Kembla Grange. Did Madison hit you up for an upgraded Christmas present after a day like that? <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh, I'm sure she'll be expecting something something upgraded for sure. <laughs> um, no, nah, but she's, uh, yeah, she doesn't ask me for too much, which is good. Um, but yeah, she, she'll get a good thrill for
3: sure. <laughs> and I know there was only sort of cap crowds at Kembla Grange, just given the, the COVID situation, but did you get an instant sense of, given you were the, the hometown jockey on the, the hometown horse, of exactly what it meant?
5: Oh, yeah, for sure. um, they were all supporting me and yelling out to me, and I, there was a lot of familiar faces in the crowd, a lot of good good mates of mine and uh people that live around my area, and a few family members so it was yeah, it did feel like the hometown favorite, and um yeah, it was really good to have the people there, even though the weather was pretty average like it is today, but they still came came out and had a good time, and um, yeah, weathered the weather, so to speak. <laughs>
0: fist pump as you cross the line that that really uh made the hair on the back of my neck stand up as you went past and said yep i've done it now today kembla grange has been uh abandoned because of the wet rose hill is still on i hope you're on some mud runners there at rose hill brock what's your best ride today do you think um yeah the little, a couple have a little
5: bit of wet form there i think if Prince Invincible is forward enough, like in condition, because he's coming off a spell. He's first up today, but I think he's probably my best ride. Um, And then I think my horse in the festival stakes, even though it's at big odds, about 40 to 1, I think um, it's got good wet form, and I think if horses that are on speed can keep kicking today, I think it's a good chance for sure, too.
0: Well, Brock Ryan, congratulations again on your prediction last week, but more importantly, delivering last week. Good luck today at Rose Hill and Safe Passage. Well done.
5: Thank you. Have a good day.
0: Thank you, mate. What a moment last week uh, for Brock to, in front of that crowd, to ride the local horse, the local favourite, local jockey, in a field of Sydney Siders and beyond and stand up. Yeah, it's a top-class field, and I know
3: other than probably Emma McKeon winning that swag of medals over at the Olympics. I mean, it's one of the, the great Illawarra stories of the year. It was just mm. just fantastic. It, it, it was an absolute fairy tale result, um, given how close they went in the Golden Eagle and just got nailed on the line there. And to back it up in the, the biggest, richest race at home, it's a fantastic result.
0: In his final meeting at Kembla as an apprentice, about to come out of that. So we'll wish Brock Ryan well going forward and follow him closely here on Saturdays in the Gong. Time for a break. Then we're back with a man who represented this region on the sporting field supremely decades ago and now wants to be Wollongong Lord Mayor. John Dorohy, not far away. Don't
1: wait. City Motors Hyundai has the perfect SUV in stock and ready for you. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Top
0: temperature in Wollongong of just 17 degrees predicted today. More like winter than the verge of summer. The rain has stopped, but it is still very cool, very windy. We are broadcasting from the Wollongong Golf Club thanks to... City Motors, test drive the Palisade today, corner of Flinders Street and Station Street in Wollongong. Impact Garage Doors, one agency and, of course, our host, Wollongong Golf Club. Also proud supporters of Saturdays in the Gong. I want to go to our next guest who represented this region in rugby league so admirably at big clubs, not just in Australia but around the world. He was born and bred in Wollongong, has returned to Wollongong with his family and well, he's already served as Deputy Lord Mayor. Now he wants to be Lord Mayor. John Dorahy, Joe Cool, welcome to Saturdays in the Gong. Good morning, Good
6: morning, Matt. morning thank Matt. Thank you.
0: No, thank you. Good to have you on this Saturday morning. Uh, tell us, having been Deputy Lord Mayor, what's the attraction to step up and lead this great city, John?
6: Oh, I think it's important to have um, proactive leadership, Matt, But uh, uh, you know, you, you can have uh, leadership of uh, one variety for a certain time and then uh, it needs some sort of change up to help improve the city and uh, I believe that's uh, John Burrow here at this time.
3: What's what's the feeling on, on an election day, John, compared to some of the, the big big games you played in?
6: Uh, look, through, through this pre-poll period in, into election day on December 4th, uh, funny enough, I, I do get nervous on, on each day. Um, you, you don't know what it's going to bring uh, from the residents who are coming in to, to vote. It's uh, You get all types and you get um, comments about, no, I'm not voting for you to um, coming away and saying, yeah, look, I voted for you <laughs> in a soft voice because it's a very strong uh, Labor town. So, you know, Some people are a little afraid of uh, voicing their opinion.
0: In rugby league, you weren't always the underdog, but given, as you just touched on, this area represents the red side of politics largely. Uh, Why do you go down the blue side in terms of um, or or what do you enjoy about representing the blue side of politics in this uh, Labor heartland, John?
6: An actual fact, going back to 2010-11 when I first stood for the seat of Kira, which of course Ryan Park now holds and David Campbell was the the member who stood down, um, that I contemplated going as an independent, uh, but at that time I, I knew that, or um, well, certainly thought that the uh, Liberals would um, come into power off the back of uh, what was happening with Labor. And my personal opinion was, well, if you're really going to achieve something, you need to be in government. And so, being a conservative, middle ground person, I, I took the opportunity to get on board with the Liberals, who first approached me. I, I guess it might have been different had. Um, you know, David Campbell and co approached me for labor because I, I had voted on both sides of the, the camp over the years. Um, so I got into the Liberal side of politics because I, I thought, well, if you're going to make a difference, you need to be in government. Um, and the only way to do that then is to stand as Liberal. So that, that's how it came about.
0: Time for a sales pitch. If there's a voter that doesn't quite know what, where they're going to go next week, what would you say to them to make them vote for John no. Dory?
6: Oh, thanks, Matt. Uh, the, the challenge for me is that uh, I, I'm putting out there that we get back to free parking in Wollongong and get rid of the uh, needed parking. Certainly have time parking. And uh, There's a coffee shop along Brelly Street. I think that uh, we'd certainly love to have more, more people visit um, and uh, increase spending on infrastructures stu- such as footpaths. And I, I want foot, a footpath on every street across uh, Wollongong, at least on one side of the, uh, the road. Uh, and that's not been planned for previously. Uh, they certainly say it's out there, and, and these are stunts by the Liberal Party, but they're, they're not. Uh, they're, they're real active, proactive um, items that we, we need to put in place. We need increased outdoor dining options with no extra fees for those businesses, and we just need to be more accountable, and, and I, I would bring an open-door policy to to the community, to both residents and the business owners, uh, that they can contact the Lord Mayor if, if I was to be elected, uh, that any time, day or night, and uh, I would certainly make arrangements to catch up with them and listen to what their concerns are, the challenges, and their their options for opportunity.
0: the outdoor dining and the removal of metered parking, I know there 's a couple of cafe owners in the middle of the town who will give that a big tick of approval, John Dorohee, so good luck next week, but we 've got a fire a couple of footy questions at you. I still marvel at the fact what an honour it was to be the first man to lead an Illawarra Steelers first-grade team onto a field. When you consider everything you did in footy so much, representing New South Wales, Australia, and playing with big clubs here and in England, uh, where where does that sit, being the first first first-grader onto the field as an Illawarra Steeler?
6: It's it's one of the the top moments of uh, my, my career, course some some years ago now back in 1982 um, when first approached uh, to come back to to Illawarra by Bob Millwood and Alan Fitzgibbon um, it was something to consider but it wasn't something at that time that I really thought would eventuate Uh, but but at the same time uh, the opportunity to have a chat to consider it and then uh, bring the family back from Sydney to Wollongong uh, was top of mind Um, at the same time being um, when given the the option to become the first captain and lead out the Steelers first grade team for the first time uh, and for the first couple of years was just so endearing to the opportunity it wasn't about the money because it was a hell of a lot less than what I was on at Manly and uh, but it was about representing your community uh, from where you were born and grew up um, and Something that uh, you know every young player here in uh, the Illawarra aspired to was to see a, uh, a local rugby league team in the, what was then the New South Wales rugby league competition, um, and to try and you know encourage others to then uh, come on board. You know, as young blokes, uh, yeah, it was the most wonderful occasion. I'd probably put it in the top three things of uh, my football career.
3: John, how would you have handled... I know you played for a, a couple of different clubs. Matt and I were talking about uh, this sort of stuff before the uh, before the show. H- how would you have handled yeah, the, the yeah. transfer situation these days where you're playing for a club one year and then you, you sign on board, not for the next season, but for the, the one following?
6: I'm not a fan of that, um, to be brutally honest. I, I think that, you know, a contract's a contract. Uh, and, the, and the only reason I left Western Suburbs Magpies to go to Manly was that... Um, or two things. One, I wanted to win a competition, and I, I thought at that time Manly had a, a team that was capable of doing that, and which they did it within a, a couple of years of um, going there. But I wasn't there; I was back with the Steelers. Uh, and, and secondly, uh, Ken Arthur and Manly offered over three times more than what I was on at, at Western Suburbs. And being a, a young person at the time, and you know, a, a young family, then of course. As many people do, they they look to better themselves financially and and that that was the the case. At the same time, I had a business at Lidcombe with um, my brother-in-law, a butcher shop. I then purchased another butcher shop over at uh, Wheeler Heights, uh, over on the north side, and uh, we both worked that. And uh, and then, funny enough, Noel Kelly bought it off me when I ventured back to Wollongong. So...
0: Some career, indeed, both on the field, off the field, in business. I know this region uh, cheers for St George, Illawarra. I think part of it will also cheer for Craig Fitzgibbon in his first year as Cronulla coach next year. But when you look at your career, John, from West Illawarra to Lee, the Magpies, Manly, the Illawarra Steelers, back to England, Hull, then North Sydney, then Halifax, not to mention New South Wales and Australia. It was some career. I've still got in front of me. I'm holding it up to Tim to show him. Calm in the Cauldron, John, Joe, Cool, Doherty. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a great read. Good luck on your next quest, and that is I, I, being t- Wollongong Lord Mayor.
6: Yeah, Matt, thank yeah, you. Mate. I'll tell you what I'll, I'll do. I, I've got uh, some books over. I'll um, offer you ten books that you can uh, give away on, on your show
0: whenever you like. Okay, so next time we catch up, I'll give you ten books. Thank you very much, John. That will be a great prize to distribute. Uh, We might be able to upgrade it and say, here's the book from the Wollongong Lord Mayor. So we'll wait and see. Good luck next weekend, John. (laughs)
6: Fingers crossed. Thanks
0: very much, mate. Okay. after the break, we're back to talk a bit more rugby league. Matt Russell, Tim Barrow, Saturdays in the Gong.
1: Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track.
0: I hope you are somewhere warm on this miserable Saturday morning in Wollongong. Saturday's in the gong. Matt Russell alongside Illamora Mercury sports editor Tim Barrow. We're here thanks to Hyundai. Hyundai's largest and most spacious SUV has arrived. Test drive the Palisade at City Motors. Hyundai Tim, one element of this great show is the even greater Matt's miscellaneous matter. So far this series we've told people that uh, Ian Fleming's character James Bond was actually the author of a uh, uh, Caribbean bird-watching book. That's where Ian Fleming came up with that name. Do you know that uh, uh, Cameron Diaz broke her nose four times learning to surf? There's another miscellaneous matter. And today... Does the name Brian Liebenberg mean anything to you? Oh, no, I haven't grasped that one. Brian Liebenberg scored three tries for France against the US during the 2003 World Cup here in Wollongong at Wynn Stadium. Brian Liebenberg helping the French win 41-14. It's a famous household name in Wollongong. I'm really surprised you didn't know Brian Liebenberg, Tim. I know, I've slipped there. A hat-trick hero with her own patch. Also, Canada beat Tonga. The reason I raise that is the 2027. Rugby World Cup. The preferred option is for it to be hosted in Australia, which means Wollongong is a lock for the opening ceremony and final, surely. You would hope so, absolutely. I mean, you'd love to have
3: at least a few games down here. I know uh, back in 2003, I was at Canberra for Wales against Italy and the strains of Sweet Caroline going (laughs) around the stadium. And it was one of the best uh, spectator experiences I've had. So, you know, you'd love to have some games up here and even have a, a team
0: based here. Surely the teams would love to be based here. Golf course like Wollongong, golf club within arm's reach, the ocean to one side, the escarpment on the other, and the Illawarra Mercury to report all their great achievements
3: absolutely we'd be ac- well, we're across all sports so we'll certainly be across a rugby world cup and i know the hill can be our best asset but sometimes it does count against us as far as the stadium capacity cuz some international bodies don't count what's not seated yeah. so that'll be the uh, the interesting factor about the potential of getting games down here but
0: no doubt we're uh, you know a perfect host Let's bring in a man who knows the Illawarra Mercury oh so well, their former editor, who's gone on to greener pastures, let's say
2: that, maybe more purple pastures, I should say. Julian (laughs) O'Brien, welcome to Saturdays in the Gong. G'day, gentlemen. (laughs) Glad to be here. Uh, I tell you what, if somebody... I've known you guys a while now, and if somebody had said uh, that one day we'd be sitting at the Wollongong Golf Club in November in freezing conditions and uh, on the radio, and I'd be sitting here in a Sydney Kings uh, jersey... Of T-shirt. Um, I would have uh, asked what you were smoking. Yeah, the world's gone upside down, and we've discovered a new drug. You're right. It's more
0: like winter, and I never thought I'd see you in anything but an Illawarra Hawks singlet or throw over. But when it came to Tim Barrow's copy, did it take much work? You're the you're the editor.
2: <laughs> no, not much work at all. He he was uh, one of the very clean ones. Uh, a, a true professional. These uh, bats. We're going to talk to you about all things Sydney
0: Kings, all things Illawarra Hawks, basketball, shall Harbour. You tick a few boxes on this show, Julian O'Brien. I could also ask you about the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, given where you came from. But right now, let's bring in a man that you have admired over the years as a sharp shooting three point taker from beyond the perimeter, obviously. He's the co host of this show. He's in Canberra this morning. Matt Campbell, what's the temperature like down there? <laughs>
7: Morning, yes, it's freezing
0: down here. I think it feels like it's uh, six degrees, I think, at the
7: moment. So it's not much different than Wollongong, I believe.
0: What's dragged you away from Wollongong to Canberra?
7: Because, boy, it must have been good. <laughs> oh, absolutely. My niece's birthday. She turned 18 during the week, and this is where she wanted to come. So, shout out to Mia. Happy birthday.
0: Happy birthday, Mia. Did you say 15? No, 18. 18. She's 18, the big 18. Is a good present from Uncle Matt.
7: Yes, yes, we've been spoiling her we're absolutely rotten as, at the moment. And we're just in line getting ready to go into the art gallery. So we're doing a <laughs> few of the, the Canberra sort of, uh, you know, tourism things. But um, we plan on going out for dinner tonight. We had a nice dinner last night. So, yeah, it's, it's quite pleasant down here in Canberra.
0: My nieces and nephews always used to joke, Uncle Matt, do you know what's in this present? Of course, I didn't. The wife had done all the shopping. I had no (laughs) idea what we're giving. I suspect it might have been the same in the Campbell family. Now, last weekend, Matt's mock, your tip to punters listening was high baller. Um, I don't think you tipped it to win. You tipped it to run a place, didn't it, Matthew?
7: Absolutely, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) I I mean, mind
7: you, I had some money on it to win as well, but um, it it was a tip to place. And hey, it got up, hey, paying ten bucks, unbelievable.
0: Yeah, it ran in the first three, which means you got $10 a place. Much better than Matt Campbell's first tip on this show, which was hit the rim. It ran 15th of 15 by nine Thank lengths. So you're on the way to redeeming yourself. Have you had a chance to come up with Matt's mock this week, or do you want me to give you one?
7: Oh, no, I haven't had a chance, to be honest. If you can uh, search through the form guide for me, that'd be excellent.
0: I came up with race four, number one. Polly Gray. Was that at Kembler, Tim, or was that at Rose Hill anyway? Poly, I looked at your hair last week and thought Polly Gray might be the one for you. <laughs>
7: Polly Gray. Actually, you know what? I've actually followed that horse before. It's quite a good horse. So, and it is a gray, and yes, I am turning gray because I've started this radio program with this co-host who just gives me grief all the time. But other than that, I reckon it's a dead set chance.
0: Tim Barrow, do you want to give um, Matt Campbell any grief at the moment? No, well, I'm just keeping the uh, the seat warm for
3: uh, for Matt until he's yeah. uh, obviously <laughs> back on deck. Um, I gather being away this week, Matt, it's probably a good week given uh, how heavy the track is to uh, to be looking at the horses anyway.
7: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I mean, I had an excellent week last week. How good was it, the Gong? And... You know, just just even though the rain came there late in the afternoon and bits and pieces, just a fantastic, you know, showcase of the Illawarra. And I actually watched it on the coverage, and they did a, fan, uh, a really good job of like, you know, the flyover and and pushing what we have in the, in the Gong. And um, I thought it was excellent to to see that, and then follow it up with this week with the with the rain we've had, and like we're going to get more rain next week as well. So it's a bit tough for the uh, horses at the moment, and uh, and the people. Like you said, as you, the Julian just said. It's, we're thinking that we're in November and we're going to be sitting here with jumpers and jackets and, you know, we're freezing. It's, uh, it's quite strange uh, for this time of the year.
0: Well, Maddie, it is Rose Hill or Sydney race Four, number one, Polly Gray, trained by the right man, Chris Waller, ridden by the right man, James McDonald. J-Mac, good luck with uh, Matt Smock and your bid to go back-to-back in terms of getting our loyal listeners a few dollars.
7: Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks, guys. You're doing a fantastic job in there, Timmy. You keep it up, mate, and you it looks like you could be a sub at any time. Uh,
3: <laughs> Thank you, mate. I won't be pushing you out the door anytime soon.
0: I'd love to have you for longer, <laughs> Matty, but you're eating into Julian's time, so I'll let you go and enjoy that art gallery or whatever it is you're going to do in the capital.
7: Mate, that Violet Crumble, mate, we don't want to talk to too many Violet Crumbles no, on no, the show, no. so don't, don't, don't get too much with the Sydney Kings.
0: You're not going to drag the family into a tab or something later on, are you? Tab world down there in (laughs) Canberra.
7: Mate, we've already organised for the game, so I can make sure I watch it. So I'm predicting the Hawks by 11 tonight, so that's my prediction. I just feel that uh, they're playing really well in this pre-season, so... Um, I do like the Kings, though, and I am predicting the Kings to be in the top three at the end of the season. I do think they're outstanding from a club point of view and, and their talent they're putting together. As long as Angus and uh, Xavier Cooks can stay on the floor, I think they'll be outstanding as well. But I think the Hawks this year, I think this is the year.
2: I'm, I'm just going to ask uh, Matty Russell to uh, clip that uh, Matthew <laughs> Campbell uh, quote, I like the Kings. Uh, so we'll, we'll um, take that audio, please, and put that uh, very prominently on the Sydney Kings website. Yeah,
7: <laughs> maybe it's been eight years since I played, so I'm starting to release a little bit. So,
2: <laughs> Matty,
0: Polly Gray, and the Hawks tonight by 11 points will hold you to it, and we'll see you back in this chair at this wonderful golf course next week.
7: All right, thanks, guys. See you.
0: See you, mate. Enjoy the art gallery. Matt Campbell tipping the Hawks tonight against the Kings, and uh, let's launch into a chat with Julian O'Brien. You've been kind enough to agree to join us for the next hour. Maybe before we do that, I want to tell your story briefly, and you can correct me wherever I'm wrong. A proud Tasmanian who has much joy in seeing the Jack Jumpers arrive to the NBL this season, you came to this region, Cell Harbour to be precise, as Illawarra Mercury editor. I'll ask you how long you served in that post before leaving to become, well, for want of a better description, a media manager, a media man with the king slash flame slash other um jobs as well under paul smith have i sort of got it relatively accurate there
2: yeah yeah relatively um so yes uh tassie born and bred and uh, was editor of a paper down there and, and worked at a paper down there for a long time before uh, got the tap on the shoulder from the company and said uh, would you like to come to Wollongong? And, and I said, where's that? <laughs> um, and uh, no, literally, I, I rang my, my wife and my office was half an hour away from where my home was and I said, we need to have a chat. Um, the, the company wants me to, to go to, to Wollongong. And, uh, and I said, I'll be there in half an hour and we'll talk about it. And uh, 15 minutes into the drive uh, across, she said, With nothing to talk about, we're going. Um, she jumped on the, the Destination Wollongong website and decided that that's where we're going. So The wife.
0: The wife had said we're going.
2: Gents, yeah, you don't argue. <laughs> uh, you do as you're told. Um, and uh, had a wonderful six years with the Mercury. Um and, you know, working with some great people like Baz. Tim, did you know you were getting such an ardent
0: basketball fan and a man who would become a great Hawks supporter and campaigner when you first heard you were getting a new editor? Oh, I certainly learned very, very <laughs> quickly. I know that much. Uh, yeah,
3: I mean, the passion for the Hawks and all for the basketball in general was, uh, was very clear. And, you know, as a sports editor, you try and spread yourself across different sports, but there was no doubt that, you know, Julian's love for basketball was... Uh, was clear very early, and now he's obviously the big,
0: the king's uh, biggest Illawarra signing since Glen Saville. <laughs> Where does the love of basketball come from? It was obviously a sport you were involved in heavily in Tasmania.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It, it was a sport I grew up around. Um, my uh, brother-in-law runs the Olverston Basketball Stadium, which has um, uh, been a, a bleats venue this week. Um, you know, basketball on the northwest coast of Tassie is a huge sport. It's right up there with footy, uh, basketball and footy. In there, there is no league in. In Tassie, um, you know, or very little. Um, so, uh, and you know, I, I went from you know playing and refereeing into reporting as, as a job, um, and uh, you know, then moved on in my career. And I, I didn't tell my wife Kelly that um, the region had a, a basketball, uh, an NBL basketball side before we got here, but um, uh, you know, it was one of the reasons that I was keen to get here, and and uh, you know. Um, and it took me a little while to to really understand you know the community and the 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 team and so forth, but you know uh, the closeness of the club and the community is, is what I really loved, um, and you know, and continue to love. Um, it's it's a wonderful relationship, and uh, you know, as Baz knows, we we fought pretty hard when the the NBL took the name of the club away, um, and uh, we we were pretty instrumental in in getting that Illawarra name back at that club, and you know, that's uh, something that a source of pride for me as well. I'm
0: a big fan of that because for me. a a name that doesn't represent a region means you cater for everyone, but ultimately no one. And it was with much relief that I saw Illawarra back in front of the Hawks, and I think that will serve the club well moving forward. Uh, Give us your current role, and, and exactly who you work for and and, and maybe the name of the company as well it's yeah no absolutely
2: absolutely. and i guess um part of my long long view has always been that you lead an organization for five years and and then you know you you either need to change something dramatic about yourself or the organization and um i had six years with the mercury and covid probably extended um that beyond where i wanted beyond a time frame that that i'd initially intended and Uh, In that time, uh, myself and Paul Smith, who's the owner of the Kings and the the Sydney Flames and uh, a pretty prominent um, Sydney businessman who obviously has strong ties to here, um, started talking about um, what we wanted to do Um, and Paul very much wants to get a business foothold in this region and he's very passionate about this region. as uh, Baz knows, he uh, he throws out a lot of uh, you know uh, insults uh, directed towards the the Hawks, and you know it, I'm not going to say it's all theatre. There's a there's a bit to it, um, but he loves this region. He spent um, all of the you know much of the lockdown period at his place at Minamara. Um but it was over a, a conversation at his property in Jamboree with the goats, Bogues and Gazy, his goats running around between our <laughs> legs. That um, he said to me, "Hey, why don't we have a look at?" this differently and so we launched a company um, in, you know, in August this year we got really serious about it and uh, we've launched a company called Southbreak Media. So that's my day job effectively is CEO of Southbreak Media. Um, you'll see it pop up uh, publicly with our website to launch in the very uh, near future but we've been operational, operational for a few months now working with some local companies and of course part of my role with that company um, it's meant to be a part-time role, but it's um, it's feeling kind of full-time at the moment. Um, he's uh, Director of Media and Communications for the, the Flames and the Kings and their parent company, which is called Hoops Capital. Um, so um, that's a, a general assessment of okay. where it's at. And
3: Paul's obviously lit the fuse before a ball's even been passed (laughs) this year with a few choice words. There was a a scumbag and an idiot along the way as far as firing shots at the Hawks, which led uh, Brian Gorgian to throw a little bit back his way. I mean, having been involved with the Hawks and now obviously uh, with the Kings, do you expect a bit in this pre-season game and, and do you think that... The, the rivalry and the where the two clubs are at now is probably a stronger position as, as where you know the two clubs and New South Wales basketball is or has been for a long time.
2: Absolutely, um, a, a lot of people are um, you know predicting you know the bookies have installed Sydney as the, the favourite, so i I'm not exactly sure why that is, but we'll take it. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know it's a the the, the Kings are a new, young, uh, really athletic um, team, um, and uh, but. You know, Gorge also has built it on a base from last year with his team and and you would think that there is the strong potential for a New South Wales grand final this year um so you know I think we'll get a good glimpse of it tonight um I think you know both sides will probably hold a few cards back um tonight I don't think they'll lay everything on the table but um with the fact they've got to meet again in two weeks in the regular season but um you know the rivalry is real um it's it's just one of the best rivalries in Australian sport I reckon and you know, Paul does a lot to talk it up. Uh, I often joke that we need to send the NBL an invoice um, <laughs> for the promotion that he does. Um, but, um, you know, it, um, it's it's truly a great rivalry. But the beautiful thing that we've got in the NBL at the moment is, you know, we, we've we got a, a new guy there, a guy by the name of Heath O'Loughlin, who was involved with North Melbourne, um, running the media and side of things. And he's very much... Uh, uh, bred from the same cloth as, yep. as me, is that sport needs conflict, controversy and characters. Um, that's what it needs. So we we need less sanitation um, and we need true character to come out. And, you know, so this conflict and controversy and, and you know... The, we, actually showing the players real character and getting them in front of people like, you know, Angus this morning with you guys. um, You know, that's what we need to do to build this sport up. But that's what league and AFL have built their leagues on, right? You're right, absolutely. And he's spot on. Sport is the ultimate reality television. You mentioned conflict,
0: controversy and characters. The good thing is none of it has to be contrived. It often happens organically. Tim, I know you have a lot more questions uh, standing by for Julian, as do I. Time for a break and then we're back for more on Saturdays in the Gong.
1: Don't wait. City Motors Hyundai has the perfect SUV in stock and ready for you. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track.
0: Yes, not such a good Saturday in the Gong, but that's okay. This weather will pass and summer will arrive at some stage. I'm Matt Russell, joined by a couple of Illawarra Mercury Hall of Famers, let's put it that way. Their sports editor, current Tim Barrow, and their former editor, Julian O'Brien. It is time for our... uh, Big impact stories. Uh, the biggest sporting impacts of the week. We do it thanks to Impact Garage Doors impacting homes for 20 years. I know Matty Campbell has an Impact Garage Door and he raves about it. Nowhere else to go if you need a new garage door. Impact Garage Doors. And when it comes to sporting stories having an impact this week, hard to go past the changes at the top of the Test Cricket team. We know that um, Tim Payne has stepped away from all cricket. The The human side of me hopes that he and his wife, Bonnie, are OK and that this controversy passes and they're able to uh, advance with a life as normal to possible uh, as we can hope. But aside from that, yesterday, Pat Cummins named Test Captain Steve Smith Deputy. He's Vice Captain. Plenty to unpack there. Firstly, Tim Barrow. Pat Cummins, is he the right man for the job?
3: Yeah, I think he is, and certainly in the circumstances surrounding why Steve Smith initially stood down. Uh, over-the-ball tampering uh, issue in the first place, which brought Tim Payne in. Um, Cummins seems to be the right man. They've all talked about his leadership. He he hasn't done a lot of captaincy, but I I think he's a really good on-field leader. I think the issue will be, and maybe it is a little bit different in test cricket, but I know what it's like as a lower-grade bowler of, (laughs) of myself, that when you're in a long spell and you just start to get a little bit tired, you just stop thinking about field placements and you know, the game situation a little bit. And no doubt Smith will be there to help him out, as, among others. Um, but that'll be, that'll be his challenge, no doubt, that when he's trying to, you know, go for the throat and really get a big
0: wicket, he's also got to be thinking about what the team's doing. I Men, what about the argument, if Steve Smith is going to hold a position of leadership, he's the best leader in the team. He's been uh, test captain before. If Sandpaper Gate is going to stop him being captain... Shouldn't it stop him being vice-captain as well? Isn't it all or nothing? He's either captain or no leadership position. He could be a quasi-vice-captain. No-one would know. Why not give it to Manus Labashain or David Warner? Give it to someone else. You couldn't go Warner. He was involved in Sandpaper Gate as well. But give it to someone... You know, not involved in that, to deputise to Pat Cummins, but of course Steve Smith can do it unofficially. And that's the issue now is that Cricket
3: Australia have tied themselves up in knots. I mean, has Steve Smith served his penance? Like, we're, if so, we're make couple, him captain. A couple of years on, and and that's, that's exactly right. And especially now that we're going into an Ashes series, it's just heightened. It's all very heightened. Yeah. You know, the English press have obviously latched on to the Tim Payne issue and everything about Steve Smith before that. So... Cricket Australia have kind of tied themselves in knots in making decisions and they've kind of found a bit of a, a halfway, halfway decision. There's, n- there's no doubt in the world that Steve Smith will have a very big influence on the decision-making out on the field, particularly, as I said before, while, while Cummins is,
0: is bowling. Julian, as a uh, proud Tasmanian at your core, and a man who's worked in the news cycle for a long, long time, how do you feel about uh, the Tasmanian that
2: is Tim Payne? Oh look, um, um, Tim is, is loved in in Tassie. Um, that's for sure. And you know, it's been staggering the the last couple of weeks. Has been so many twists and turns to this story that nobody ever expected. But in Tassie, there was some talk about the situation and the employee at the the time, um, and um, you know, in relation to 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 what um, was alleged to have happened. Um, and you know, there's obviously charges around, but. Um, but there was nothing else. There was no discussion of this um, or, or the investigation that happened. And then for this to happen so many years after and come out like it has, it's it's staggering to think that the people uh, thought this would just all go away and, and not see the light of day. And, and now that it has, it's, um, it's unbelievable.
3: Particularly in the circumstances that Payne took it on. I mean, I spoke about this when I was on last week, that, you know, Payne was given the job to restore the credibility of what Australian cricket was doing. And on field, he did it admir- admirably. Like, mm. and, and off field, he was, he was a real statesman about it. He had a really good demeanour and, and carried a real presence about him. Now, I, I, this is all very sad now. I mean, he can't be painted as the victim... Mm. But at the same time, obviously, his mental health is, is a huge priority and that's why he's, he stepped away. But the timing and the handling, as you said, is a, a real issue in question now.
0: From, from when the story first broke, there have been so many angles to it and so many questions that need to be answered. And here we are uh, more than a week down the track and not many of them have been answered. Cricket Australia has been fumbling in the dark trying to deliver some but actually digging a deeper hole, in my opinion. And I think it's the right move for Tim Payne to step away from all cricket especially as you mentioned a workplace harassment case will now unfold and for him to be part of the test team still i know he stepped down from the captaincy but it would have been each day would have been filled with dread and the series would have been a huge load on on tim payne so we will wait and see where this story goes that is our impact story of the week thanks to impact garage doors impacting homes across the illawarra for 20 years visit impactgaragedoors.com.au time now for the 10.30 News.
1: Don't wait. City Motors Hyundai has the perfect SUV in stock and ready for you. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track.
0: Thanks indeed to City Motors Hyundai. I'll get that out. Along with Wollongong Golf Club, our fantastic hosts, Impact Garage Doors and this mob, one agency, Zeidler Waller. Christian Zeidler normally joins us and would have loved to today, but... Guess where Christian is? Christian is camping. Good luck with that, Christian. Blowing a gale, raining, cold. Camping's not much fun. Julian O'Brien is with me, as is Tim Barrow. Do you like camping, gentlemen?
2: Not in this weather. (laughs) No. I thought golf
0: would be hard enough in this sort of weather, let alone camping. You can have that. And believe it or not, there have been some people out playing golf here at Wollongong Golf Club this morning when the weather finds up. Come down if it's just to have a look at the 19th or have a coffee or a beer, a great place to be. Uh, One Agency reports that it's been another positive week for them. Three properties now under contract. Don't forget their auction of 24 William Street, Kiraville. That's coming up December 11, and they tell me there's new listings coming next week as well. So to Christian and the team there at uh, One Agency, good luck for the next week, and good luck heading towards that December 11 auction of 24 William Street. Now, boys, back to some sporting headlines. Um, the league player movement or player market has been so, so busy. And incredibly, many of the signings have been not for 2022, but for 2023. kickoff for their next club is still more than 12 months ago. Have a listen to this. Parramatta losing Reed Marnie, Isaiah Papali'i, Marata Niakore, all for 2023. So those players will perform for the Eels next season with their fans watching, cheering, knowing that, well, they're bound for someone else next year. Are fans going to cop this, Tim? And That's
3: the thing, especially for a suffering club like Parramatta, who have gone through everything they've gone through. Brad Arthur's done a terrific job to rebuild that club, and, and I know they haven't won a premiership, but you know fans should be happy that they're still a finals force along the way. And they're all professionals and they'll all say that, you know, we're just getting on with the job for next year. But you can't tell me that it's not an underlying issue, that they know that if they're going to win a comp as that group, that you know, several of those players won't be there the following year.
0: Add to that, Viliami out from Penrith bound for the Dogs in 2023. Uh, Luciano Leilua, the former Dragon, now a West Tiger, he's bound for the Cowboys in 2023. It's ridiculous the amount of players who are signing for more than 12 years in advance. This just doesn't happen in the AFL, does it, Julian?
2: No, not at all. And uh, it, it, As a Tasmanian in New South Wales, it's still really foreign to me to get my head around that, that people can support uh, somebody they know is uh, eventually leaving. That's, that's 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 not something... And I think, you know, I get a sense here, some of the conversation this week, it's really hard for New South Wales people to get their head around too occasionally as well.
0: What would it be like for a Kings player at the moment, for example, if they signed with Melbourne... Or Illawarra for 2023, but played out this coming season
2: as a king. <laughs> he, he, say, for example, if, if uh, Angus was playing uh, with, the Kings, uh, with the Hawks at the moment and then signed for uh, Kings next season, uh, he wouldn't take the court. He wouldn't... <laughs> yeah, there'd
0: be a lot of players sitting at the end of the bench yeah. in, in that code, wouldn't there? Yeah. And and speaking of codes, uh, numerous codes use what is commonly known as Sydney Olympic Park or Stadium Australia. Well, it's just had a a name change. It will now be known as Acor uh, Stadium. I think I pronounced that correctly. Acor Acor Stadium. And tonight, Caitlin Ford, the Illawarra or South Coast football product, will be there as the Matildas tackle the US. It got me thinking about some of the uh, stranger named stadiums around the world, and the US is always great at throwing them up. Imagine playing at uh, Smoothie King Centre, uh, as New Orleans uh, do or have. Um, there's this one, KFC Yum! Centre uh, in Louisville. The Talking Stick Resort Arena, that's a mouthful. Uh, the Menderhose Jungle, that's where Castle would play their rugby league, Menderhose Castle or Jungle. Um, the Dripping Pan, also in England. There's this one the Dr. YS Rajasekara Ready ACA VBCA Stadium. Imagine saying that in your news bulletin. Uh, and ones that have given me a bit of problem over the years, Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville, we have got to say that carefully. But the favourite, and it's Fletcher's favourite on drive on SEN, is Wankdorf Stadium in <laughs> Switzerland. And make it even worse, Wankdorf Stadium is used by the Young Boys team. Uh, some young boys probably relating to that Naming rights of that stadium. So there you go, some some stadium names that are a little strange. All of a sudden, acor sounds pretty normal, doesn't it?
3: That's right. And I know uh, Win have obviously had the naming rights down here, so it's all all very boring down in Wollongong. But Win works. It's well, great.
2: Has is, has is Stadium been the apt name for the Dragons of recent times? Probably <laughs> well, not. Right? Not
3: not so much since probably <laughs> Wayne Bennett was uh, in town. But uh, you never know. If, if uh, Southbreak Media takes off, you
0: could you could have Southbreak,
3: <laughs> Southbreak Stadium.
2: Southbreak Stadium. There you go. I like it. I like have to go back to Paul with that one, but I'm not sure he's in uh, good terms with the Dragons, given the media recently.
0: Well, you'll play at uh, Kudos Bank Arena, not yep. too far from Acor Stadium. We're sitting and broadcasting beside Wynn Stadium. Tonight's venue for Illawarra Hawks against Sydney Kings, just known as the Sandpit, the Wynn Entertainment Centre, but we call it the Sandpit, and we'll come back to talk some more hoops. But first, we've got to take a break because I mentioned that Caitlin Ford is playing for the Matildas against the US tonight. Uh, It's part of a busy, busy football landscape at the moment. And as a result, Luke Wiltshire will join us on the other side of this.
1: Don't wait. City Motors Hyundai has the perfect SUV in stock and ready for you. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Saturday's in the
0: gong with plenty happening in the football world at the moment, starting tonight with the Phoenix here at Wynn Stadium, their adopted home away from home playing Central Coast Mariners. Also tonight, the Matildas against the US go well, Caitlin Ford. We look forward to the Wolves on Wednesday playing their FFA Cup round of 16 game at Wynn Stadium in Wollongong, also against Central Coast Mariners. So the Mariners will see plenty of Wollongong over the next week. Um, and this week we saw Ange Postacoglu, who's found some success there um, with Celtic uh, overseas, asked a question early in the media conference regarding ticketing for the game against Leverkusen that they played yesterday. And he put his head in his hands and shook his head and said, you're not going to ask me about ticketing, are you? I'm here to talk about this this crunch game and sort of put it straight back on the reporter slash journalist and it got me thinking about um, uncomfortable interviews we've done. I'm joined by Tim Barrow from the Illawarra Mercury Sports Department, Julian O'Brien, former editor of the Mercury. I interviewed David Waite once down here when uh, Trent Barrett and Anthony Mundine were head-to-head for the five-eighth position. Very uncomfortable interview about that role and at one point he threatened to give me the clipboard. He said, will you be the coach then? And it sort of uh, surrounded by my colleagues, it wasn't a very happy place to be. But what about you, Tim? Uh, any awkward interviews over the years? Yeah, I was
3: famously or infamously uh, involved or some would say responsible for what uh, the Daily Telegraph branded the 42 seconds of gibber in the uh, the interview with Darius Boyd. Uh, he um, took umbrage to a, a story I'd written on a, an incident in 2008 when he was at the, the Broncos where the Queensland Premier then had um, uh, called on the players involved to apologise. And... Uh, yeah, as, as a result, the uh, the interview was the shortest and sharpest I've ever seen. They were one-word responses
0: the whole time. So. Famous, famous, forty-two seconds.
2: What about you, Julian? Uh, look, um, in my time as a sports journalist, I always found cricketers the hardest people to deal with. Uh, they they could be very precious. And I was covering a Tasmanian Queensland Shield final at the Gabba, and uh, I was granted an interview with Alan Border, who was uh, working for the host broadcaster. And uh, so we sat down quite uncomfortably in front of all the broadcast team um, to do this interview and I wanted to ask him about Jamie Cox who was pushing for selection for Australia at the time so I opened with a couple of easy questions and then started to ask him about um, uh, Jamie Cox and he looked me in the eye in front of everyone and said if you want to ask me about selection you can so and so off um, in front of everyone. Captain I, I, Grumpy at the time. Uh, yeah, I was, yeah I was a relatively young kid and you know he's a guy I idolised and uh, I I sew and sewed off
0: (laughs) It it straightens you up very quickly when you run into a difficult sports person or coach Sometimes with good reason because all the questions aren't always great ones But uh, you haven't been a sports journalist until you've been sorted out But this man is always uh, good with his time, always willing to field a question He's on Saturdays in the gong for the second time in three weeks He is the Wolves coach, Luke Wilkeshire Good morning, Luke Good
8: morning. How are we?
0: All right. How are you feeling before your FFA Cup round of sixteen game on Wednesday night against Central Coast Mariners? I imagine, as a result, you'll be a very keen observer of Phoenix for the Mariners this afternoon.
8: Yeah, I'll be. I'll be there, tuning in on it. Um, you know, more importantly, we've been working on what we need to work on. We've actually just just not long got off the training of field. Uh, this morning, so no, look, we're we're really looking forward to it, and it's a great game for the region, and and we'll be well ready for it.
0: The Wolves have never been to this point of the FFA Cup previously. Luke, just how excited is the squad about challenging this A-League outfit?
5: Yeah, we
8: haven't. This is the first time in the Round of 16, and we plan to be the first time in the Round of 8. You know, we're we're excited, we're we're hungry and, and looking forward to it, as I said.
3: This week, Luke um, Danny Townsend obviously created a few waves just around the um, the professional league circuit with uh, talk of trying to push through that that expansion again. I know it's been a bit of a carrot that's dangled that way out in front of the wolves for a while, but I mean, do you do you feel like that the potential of it is closer than ever?
8: Yeah, well, I've said you know, for a long, long time that this region um, deserves an A league site and. and I think, um you know it's there's the opportunity there we've got we've got the foundations um but obviously there's certain boxes that need to be ticked in order for that to happen. but the fact that you know the a leagues do want to expand um, and need to expand for the growth of the sport also in the game, um you know I think Wollongong's definitely a region of interest, and like i said we we're watching space.
2: Uh, look a great man that I, I had plenty of time for is uh, Tori Lavelle, and uh, he's been tremendous for, for you and your club and the sport here in this region. Uh, he's obviously uh, a key factor as well in in hoping to to push for that uh, that expansion.
8: Yeah, look, I've um, since coming back into the region, um, I've known Tory. Uh, you know, we're work, working together, but you know, not just on the field, but off, and, and, and we're close. Uh, what he's done, not just for the wolves, um, but I think in the region in general in sport, um, I think in all, all different codes is phenomenal. And you know, we, you know, I guess you could say we need more more people like him in the region to to really help to grow sport in this area.
3: Is your horse still running, Luke? I know he had uh, Wilkshire, he had Wolves, um, Tory with his uh, stable operation as well. I know he had a, a few uh, namesakes.
8: Yeah, Wilkshire had a few runs. He, he got, a, got a got a couple of wins or wins a couple of places and he's been out in the paddock so i'm hoping that he'll be back out on the on the track soon
0: you know you've made it when you've got a tory Lavelle racehorse named after you luke uh he's, he's great for this region tory Lavelle. hardly a sport exists without him being um a, what a funder of it i suppose or, or a, a backer of that sport and for the wolves to have him on board uh, it must be so reassuring
8: yeah, it is. It's, you know, it's crucial that people play different roles in, in, in associations and sports. And I think Tory played a massive role, I think, just in the region in general. He's a, he's a local guy who, who has a passion for the region and the people of the region and sport of the region. You know, not just football, um, you know, all codes. And like I said, it's, it's not often that, that people like him are, are around. And, you know, hopefully um, going forward, more people in the region will, will also get on board to, to help to back our sport and our local juniors that are coming through in, in, in these games.
3: What do you expect from the Mariners? Luke, just given, obviously, in your professional career, you would have played a lot of cup, knockout football, midweek football, where you're backing up in sort of three or four days. I guess it's a little bit less common here in Australia. But, you know, what what do you expect when you've, I guess, got to come down here and play against the Phoenix and then they're going to go home and then come back again?
8: Yeah, look, they're professional athletes. Um, you know, I think they'd be happy because it means less training. It's just recovery and, and game day again, which is, which is what players want. They want game days. Um, so they know it's a big opportunity. I'm sure. Um, you know, knowing Nick Montgomery well, which I do, um, he'll make sure they're well and truly up for it. Um, so, you know, we're expecting a, t- a tough game. There's no such thing as an easy game. Um, but again, we we want to make sure that we put on our best performance. Um, you know, to get through.
0: I encourage football fans, indeed sports fans, to get to win stadium Wednesday night to cheer on the Wolves, to cheer on your men, Luke. But tonight they can get there to cheer on uh, the Phoenix playing Central Coast, the team you'll meet on Wednesday. Also tonight, Sydney FC against the MacArthur Rams, Adelaide against Melbourne. In your work with Channel 10, what games are you covering this weekend? What are you looking forward to in round two of the A-League?
8: Yeah, there's some good games. Um, you know, obviously today, uh, you got, there'll be obviously interest in the in the Wellington uh, Central Coast game early on. Obviously the, the derby with Sydney against Macarthur, but I'll be I'll be up there covering uh, the Adelaide versus Melbourne City game on, on Channel
0: Ten. Okay, we look forward to those games tonight. Sydney FC v Macarthur, Adelaide against Melbourne, Wellington against the Central Coast Mariners, and we can't forget Caitlin Ford Matildas against the US. Uh, at Acor Stadium as it's now known and given what happened at the Olympics the Matildas would love to win that game Luke
8: Yeah of course and especially back on home soil um, you know there's been some good battles between the two teams and you know, I think it's a, it's a game, it's an evenly contested game and you know, some, some good quality football so I'm sure they'll get a good turnout um, and the weather, look it's good footballing conditions uh, today as well
0: What were the worst conditions you played in? You said that they're good conditions today. You must have seen some horrendous conditions overseas, playing in snow, in blizzards. What, what was your worst game condition?
8: Yeah, it was probably about minus 15, I think. Um, so coming out for the second half wasn't, wasn't very pleasant at all. You know? <laughs> so these conditions are ideal. Uh, you know, it's not too hot. Um, you know, a little bit of water on the pitch is nice to see the ball moving across. So, yeah, definitely better than minus 15.
0: Well, Luke, good luck on Wednesday night when your Wolves play Central Coast FFA Cup round of 16 at Wynn Stadium. Enjoy round two of the A-League in the meantime, and thanks again for your time this morning.
5: Cheers.
8: Thanks, fellas. Have a good day.
0: Thank you. Luke Wilkshire coach of the Wollongong Wolves and great to have a man of his football pedigree come back to his home region and then give back to the sport like he has helping the Wollongong Wolves team.
3: Yeah, and we've seen it, the success that he's brought about it. He's, he's a real ultra-professional as a coach. Yep. He demands a lot from his squad and I think he's brought a lot of those semi-professional players because it's difficult. They're not in that you know, full professional environment and he's just—he's brought a real level of professionalism about what they do and, and that's what we saw in them going all the way to the Australian uh, NPL knockout title yeah
0: and if we can have a team in the national basketball league a team in the national rugby league we need a team in the a league given this region's proud and rich football history we've been there in the past as champions in the past let's have it. happen again? Yeah, to me that's
3: the missing piece in the region, to have the Wolves back in the A-League, and it's a heartland club Um, the A-League have gone chasing a lot of big catchment areas, but to come back and have a real heartland club, I think it just gives an extra edge to what would be a great A-League competition.
0: A break and then we're back to wrap it up on Saturdays in the Gong
1: Don't wait City Motors Hyundai has the perfect SUV in stock and ready for you You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track
0: We started with hoops and we will finish with hoops because tonight it is the Illawarra Hawks against the Sydney Kings as the pre-season NBL Blitz continues, heading towards the first round which unfolds next week and next weekend. It's happening tonight at the Wynn Entertainment Centre and given that the US has Smoothie King Centre and KFC Yum Centre, if Wynn pull their sponsorship from the sandpit, Julian O'Brien, you suggested it could be the Chico Centre. So, at the Chico Centre tonight, what are we going to see from the Sydney Kings? Why should we be excited about going to see Illawarra and Sydney tonight?
2: Well, I think a couple of Wollongong boys will be starring for the Sydney Kings. Um, Xavier Cooks is in red-hot form. Um, and Angus Glover, is back to his best. And uh, I think RJ Hunter, um, one of our uh, big imports, uh, NBA drafted, uh, will be playing his debut tonight. So, fingers crossed, um, he's there tonight and we'll be uh, exciting.
0: RJ Hunter on the same floor yeah. LaMelo Ball used to go back to the NBA or go to the NBA and maybe RJ Hunter will follow the same path, Tim. Yeah, that's right. I mean,
3: we've seen what the impact that LaMelo Ball and that he's gone on. We, it was quite uh, quite the circus here or quite the run mm. for here until he, he went home in, in January, but it, it shows the standing that the NBL has uh, now gathering that NBA talent and taking them to the, the next level. I guess on uh, on Angus, you know, I mean, just we talked there this morning about how he had to come back from those knee injuries and all the issues that he's had. I mean, you've got to know Julian, the, the family, over that time. And, I mean, you know, we see the public side of it, but, I mean, it just it's amazing to see him now back where he should be.
2: Oh, look, um, you know... It when he did his knee two, in two games into last season, I came out of the the room that I was watching it at home crying and the, the family uh, thought that, that there'd been a death in the family, um, but it was Angus and his injury. And we all thought that was it. It, it was over for Angus. But, um, you know, he's, resilience is, is his key word. Um, he just doesn't think that anything is beyond him and uh, he's he's been unbelievable and you know a great lesson for any kid to come back from what he's come from and potentially he'll be playing for the boomers in february in the qualifying period um so again just such a great story for this region
0: firstly he's looking forward to tonight then he's looking forward to your first game sunday week against melbourne three o'clock in the afternoon kudos bank arena i love your slogan Two teams, one club, because it's the Sydney Kings, Sydney Flames as part of the proceedings this year on many occasions at Kudos Bank Arena.
2: Yeah, double header there. It's actually the Flames versus Canberra Capitals at uh, 12.30, the Frolling sisters um, head-to-head, which is going to be awesome. Um, You know, It's one of the great things I love about the organisation is those two parts to it.
0: I know you've studied basketball for a long, long time. We've got another crack field of players outside Sydney. Very quickly, give us one player you're looking forward to seeing this NBL season. Sam Frolling. Sam Froeling playing yep. down here for the Illawarra Hawks. M- with his NBA brother. potential. Yep, I would agree. Tim Barrow, great to have you on, mate. Fantastic effort. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Julian O'Brien, thank you. Good luck to the Kings and the thanks, Flames. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Saturdays in the Gong. We're back next Saturday, 9 to 11, SEN.